Uh, welcome to all of you. Today is we gather together to worship on this, the fourth Sunday of Advent. I invite you that if you have, um, you know, four candles or one candle or however many you have, I invite you to uh, find them and have them near you. Find something to light it with. And I invite you to light however many candles you have, one to four, um, in preparation for our worship let us begin our time together with our litany for hope for those who are wounded. Advent is a time to bind up the brokenhearted. Come, Lord, and make all things new. For past wrongs that prevent us from moving forward, come, Lord, and make all things new. For any bitterness that scratches our soul, come, Lord, and make all things new. For relationships left in decay and neglect, come, Lord, and make all things new. For any action that has wounded us or by which we have wounded others, grant that we might have the peace of Christ as we wait, the love of Christ as we act, and the grace of Christ as we speak. This morning, we light four candles. The first candle is the light of hope for those in times of waiting. The second candle is the light of hope for those who are wearied by circumstances of life. The third candle is the light of hope for those eagerly watching for God's promised glory. And the fourth candle is the light of hope for those who carry the wounds of life. Today we acknowledge our pain and the pain we have caused others. As the light shines, we turn to the Savior who came to rescue the lost, to help the hurting, and to bind up the broken. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sins in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Stir up your power, Lord Christ, and come. With your abundant grace and might, free us from the sin that hinders our faith that eagerly we may receive your promises, 
For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading today comes from Isaiah, the seventh chapter. The Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary mortals that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord, the Lord's self, will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose ki- whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And this is the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. For many of us, we know these words from Matthew well. They are a comfort for us to hear. They draw us close and wrap us with their familiar warmth as we settle in to hear the story of the birth of Jesus again. This reading marks the beginning of our turning from Advent into Christmas It raises our anticipation and expectation of what will be coming. This is one of our favorite stories. It is the story of God coming to earth to live among us. It comforts us, brings us joy, and gives us hope. But dear friends, as much as we can be tempted to leave Advent behind today and turn all our energy towards Christmas, let us resist that temptation as best we can because it still is Advent, and we are still waiting a few days more. So while this story comforts us, and that is perfectly fine and normal that it does, let's push on this a little bit. Because this story is actually quite scandalous, and it tells us a lot about who God is, and how God acts and moves in God's world, and the ways that God brings salvation to God's people. Poor Joseph finds himself trapped. Joseph is described as being a righteous man. And when we talk about righteousness in the Gospels, 
It is always about a person being right before God. And so Joseph, this man who is right before God, finds himself with a fiance who is pregnant and he is not the father. The righteous thing to do for a man who is following the law that has been handed down to them in Deuteronomy says to have Mary publicly disgraced and stoned. This is what would keep Joseph right before God. But Joseph finds that he is unable to live into righteousness in this way. Perhaps he cannot bring himself to cast a stone against another. Perhaps he feels that Mary's death would haunt him the rest of his life. But he also knows that for the sake of his own honor, he cannot continue with this engagement. So he plans to dismiss her, to break off their engagement quietly. This keeps Mary's blood off his hands, and he has still followed the law by not taking her to be his wife. However, even with the quiet dismissal, Joseph still knows that all of this will catch up with Mary at some point. Because at some point, word will get out that Joseph and Mary are no longer engaged, and people will want to know why. At some point, Mary's pregnancy will become visible, and people will start to ask questions. And at some point, Mary will give birth to a child, and people will start looking around for who the father is. And when no one claims this child as his own, Mary will still be stoned to death. In dismissing her quietly, Joseph is simply washing his hands of the inevitable while trying to maintain his righteousness before God. But then, an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream and tells him to do otherwise, to take Mary as his wife and claim the child she carries as his own, knowing full well that it is not his own child. And this piece, dear friends, is the scandal. If anyone knew what Joseph was doing, keeping Mary for his wife, even though she is pregnant and Joseph is not the father, would be detrimental for both of them. By all indications, that was not the righteous thing to do. The righteous and normal thing to do is to dismiss Mary and have her stoned either right away or at some point down the road. And, but, this, but the scandalous thing to do is to take Mary as his wife and to claim the child as his own, even though it goes against everything Joseph has ever been taught about right and wrong, righteousness and unrighteousness. But this is the thing about God's grace. It is always scandalous and always goes against the status quo of the normal. God gives the gift of scandalous grace to Mary and Jesus and Joseph through Joseph's yes to Mary and yes to the infant Jesus. Against all logic and reason, Joseph claims Mary and Jesus for his own. And this is so similar to God's claim on you. Against all logic and reason, God claims each of us as, as God's own and lavishly gives us the gift of scandalous grace every single day. Now, you may be thinking that this is all very nice, but this was a big to-do of grace. So what about today? And so I invite you to consider realigning your perspective. Yes, this story of Joseph saying yes has become a big scandal, but at the time it happened, 
it wasn't big news at all. It may not have been fully known or even fully understood by anyone except Mary and Joseph and God. And just looking at Mary, no one could tell that she should have been stoned, but instead Joseph decided to marry her anyways. But this seemingly small scandal of grace echoes throughout all of eternity with good news for all people and all creation. God's grace comes to the world through one small scandal at a time. Again, God's grace comes to and through the world one small scandal at a time. And we have no idea or control over what will happen because of those small grace-filled scandals. But we trust that God is using them and working through them, and we have no idea which small grace-filled scandals that we participate in will echo throughout eternity. And these small grace-filled scandals happen every day, and we may or may not even be aware that they are happening, but yet they still are, and God is still acting and moving in the world, bringing salvation to all. They happen every time a second chance is offered to someone who by all accounts doesn't deserve it. They happen every time we choose love over indifference and hate. They happen every time we put the needs of the collective of the community over our own. And they happen every day when we wake up and God's grace comes over us again as we start a new day. And all of this happens because of the grace-filled scandal of God becoming Emmanuel, God with us, in the way God chose to as a little baby. And because of the grace-filled scandal of Jesus' death on the cross, God's grace-filled scandals from incarnation to death transform those places that were filled with shame and suffering and gives them life and love and grace. God does this for your sake and for mine. Daily, God loves and transforms you and the whole world through the grace-filled scandals that are the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As we wait for that day when Jesus returns, may you know the grace and love God has for you in Jesus through the Holy Spirit, one scandal at a time. Amen. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. We believe, uh, uh, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, 
who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who is spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, we pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. As a closing hymn, instead of a hymn uh, in the middle of the service here, we will sing together the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And I invite you, as always, to sing if you know or have the words or otherwise uh, listen along and participate in that way.
And now may Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. And we go in peace to share the good news. Thanks be to God.